it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Goodbye, Benjamin. Her name is Charlotte Lewis. Charlotte Staples Lewis. Born July 2nd, 1979, Essex, England. Parents David and Jeanette, eldest of three, all girls. She was raised in Bromsgrove. Did her undergraduate studies at Kent. Took her PhD in cultural anthropology at Oxford. She's here with two other team members and a pilot. Their names, Daniel Faraday, Miles Strom, Frank Lapidus. Your instinct was right, John. These people are a threat. And if you shoot me, you'll never know how great a threat they were. Because I know what they're doing here. I know what they want. What do they want? Me, James, they want me. How do you know all this? Because I have a man on their boat. Welcome back to another episode of We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited as we continue on into season four of the series. Uh, I am Ben, not joined by Kristen this week. Unfortunately, she had a uh, a little bit of a a, uh, a family issue this um, this week, which we'll talk a little bit about in a little bit. But uh, I am going to be joined by two special guests this week who are going to help me talk about Season 4, Episode 2, Confirmed Dead. Uh, without further ado, let's bring them in. Uh, you hear them every week anyway, uh, for the most part, uh, as they usually leave feedback. Uh, but I am joined this week for my special guest co-hosts by Des Combs and Steve Brown. Gentlemen, welcome. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Uh, and this is exciting because I just learned right before we started recording, Des, this is your first time on a podcast. My very first time. So uh, we'll glad be gentle. To, yeah, <laughs> we, we're we're breaking your uh, we're breaking the cherry. We're busting your cherry on podcasting this week. No dig at our buddy Jason or anything like that. But yeah, this is my first time. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. How come you haven't done a uh, a podcastica podcast yet? I don't know. <laughs> well maybe this will spark your interest i know that's that's how i got started i think i was calling in and then uh my buddy mark just was like somebody i need a i need a co-host and oh i don't i don't think it's so. a des not des isn't interested <laughs> i i was more poking fun at the fact that how come nobody's invited him yet at this point i mean he leaves feedback for multiple podcasts how come no one's asked you to guess so far I guess because I sound so dead or whatever whenever I call in. Because, <laughs> oh, because, because I'm re- fine. Well, no, I'm reading everything. So. 
Uh, but yeah, so so like I said at the at the top of the podcast, apologies for uh, for this being a week late. Um, at the time, we we usually record. Chris and I usually record on Friday or Saturday mornings, um, or rather Thursday or Friday mornings, rather for a release on Saturday or Sunday. And um, right before we went to record, Kristen informed me that they um, unfortunately they were going to have to let their their dog uh, go. So uh, they were, they were going to have to have their dog put down. And anybody who's a pet owner knows, you know, they're a member of the family. Right. So, yeah. You know, Kristen, her husband, their two kids, you know, in addition to being sad herself about the loss of their pet, who, you know, was a member of their family for seven years, um, you know, in, a, in addition to being sad herself, she also had to be a mother and be there for her children who were going through the same grief. So it's completely understandable that, you know, she's not in a good mindset right now, uh, still going through it. So we send her all our love and our best, and hopefully um, she'll be back with us next episode. So, uh, but as we mentioned as well at the top, season four, episode two, Confirmed Dead. It's really a bummer that Kristen's not a part of this one because she loves these characters. Especially Faraday. She loves him. Yeah. So, I mean, she loves, she loves Faraday. She loves Miles. I mean, Miles. Oh. So for her to miss out on the introduction of these characters is, it, it's really a bummer. But, you know, we'll do it justice for her. And then she can listen and leave us any additional feedback when she, come, when she rejoins the podcast. Absolutely. Um, but again, as I mentioned, this is an introduction to four of these characters. It's an episode that while we had so much happen in the season premiere, this is an episode, at least in my opinion, is, I don't want to say completely straightforward because there are some obvious mysteries that pop up with everything that's going on with the introduction of these characters. But I want to turn it over to you gentlemen, uh, as I usually turn it over to Kristen. Where, would, where do you want to start? Which character do you want to start with? Where do you where do you want to start? Um, and who wants to go first between the two of you? Why don't you go ahead, Steve? Um, okay, I was going to say it's your first times, but um, <laughs> uh, I uh, let's let's start with Locke because uh, Locke and Sawyer. Uh, uh. I, I love, <laughs> I absolutely love a good Apocalypse Now reference. Oh, I'm I loved a huge it. Huge fan of that movie. So as soon as uh, Sawyer said, "Where are we off to, Colonel Kurtz?" I was like, uh, I was. It was. It was just. I just loved it, and I just. Uh, you know, we get this this sense that there's uh, they kind of confirm the the healing factor that this that this island has because Locke lifts up his shirt and he shows the bullet wound that he's it's hours maybe a day since he's been shot i i don't even maybe i think it's been maybe no more than 24 hours yeah it it can't be and he's like if i had a kidney there i'd probably be dead and i'm like seriously (laughs) um but uh, there was there was something I caught I, as I was watching it for the third time uh, today. There was something I caught that I I never I had not picked up on. Uh, back to my Apocalypse Now reference is when uh, Sawyer or Hurley, one of them, says something about you're listening to the jungle uh, to to Locke, and that is I don't know if they meant it to be a homage or reminiscent of the end of Apocalypse Now when the narrator says. Colonel Kurtz was no longer listening to the army. He was only following the law of the jungle. He was, and that's really the only law that he listened to. So I thought it was kind of interesting when I picked up on that, that you're just listening to the jungle now. So Mm -hmm. I did not catch that. 
I find it interesting too in you know in in the season one premiere and including going back to or not the season one premiere that's going too far back uh the season four premiere that which was the last episode even back into the season three finale you know there's a lot of talk as to the motivation as to why Locke is doing what he's doing and why he's being what he's being and he does have his own motivations between not wanting to leave the island himself but it's also revealed in this episode a lot of the in the conversation between him and Sawyer you know when he starts bringing up Walt and in that Walt is the one that actually told him to to stop um naomi from bringing the people to the island was that total fan service his line of it was walt only taller is that yeah oh god yeah. <laughs> like like yes we recognize that he's grown up <laughs> yeah i mean that was totally their play on saying okay like yes we know the actor was taller we know he you know he's grown up so we're going to play with it a little bit. And, and I wouldn't even be surprised if a part of me, if, if that line was improvised by, um, by Terry O'Quinn. Interesting. I, I, that'd be an interesting question to ask. Yeah. Which unfortunately we'll never get the opportunity because I have, <laughs> I have spoken to Terry O'Quinn's people and he, uh, he, unfortunately he doesn't like to really go back and talk about loss that oh, often. Okay. Uh, not oh. because he didn't like, the project he actually loved the project but he prefers to talk about what is current and what is up and coming rather than go back and talk about what's already happened which hey to each their own so it's, you know um but yeah i found that interesting that you know it's kind of revealed in that conversation you know he fully locks locks not really he he doesn't care anymore if people believe what he says <laughs> he comes right out and says walt told me you know this is what walt told me to do yeah, and then he doesn't give any explanation at all. To Sawyer, Sawyer keeps asking him questions. Was this giant Walt? Was this, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah. ghost or whatever? And he just doesn't even answer it. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else? I mean, we're, we're in the, the whole Locke and Sawyer element now, so we might as well keep with it and, um, you know, continue on with the conversation about those guys. And, you know, one of the other points I want to make about this too, and then I'll turn it over to one of you guys, is um, – you know, at the end of last episode, there was, they were both in complete awe of the rain that starts. But yet now we're back to Locke being able to predict the weather. Mm -hmm. You know, he seems very in tune. Mm -hmm. He's back in tune with the island now at this point. Uh, you know, knowing that when he, you know, when he's able to predict that the rain is going to stop in a few moments and boom, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And it just makes me think about the whole Doc Brown moment in Back to the Future 2. Wait 13 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or seven, wait, wait, like, wait four more seconds or something like that. Um, I should know that considering I'm the self-proclaimed Back to the Future expert. I should know <laughs> what that line is. The brain only holds so much information at one time. <laughs> I know. The rest of it just dribbles out like you're lost. No pun intended. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was funny though it's like at the end of last episode everybody you know we're going with john you know jack we don't trust you anymore two minutes into this episode which is probably like an hour walk for them now they all think john's completely crazy yeah <laughs> They're everything everything he says in the first five minutes of the episode wait what what are you talking about <laughs> yeah the cracks are starting to show yeah <laughs> they're all thinking to themselves we we might have been a little impulsive <laughs> yeah last night when we decided to go with john 
but I do, I do also like that when, when Sawyer, you know, Sawyer specifically tells Carl, don't let him get in your head. And then he lets Ben get in his head, even mm-hmm. though he says, no, Ben, you're not going to get in my head. And, but he does. So, well, I mean, Carl has never really been the, the, the brightest bulb in the box. Um, I mean, and, and he's one of those characters that unfortunately is written as a secondary character. I mean, he's one of those characters that, you know, you can pop him off at any point and he's collateral damage. Um, you know, not every character can be a Hurley or a John Locke. So, um, and Carl has, to me, has always seemed like one of those characters that's just easily written off. Yeah. His job is just to get you from point A to point B pretty much every time he shows up. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's there for exposition of the story and that's pretty much it. Um, you know, last time we, before all this happened, first time we see him in a while is his only job is to appear on the beach and tell them, no, they're coming now, not tomorrow. Yep. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and then, and you know, this episode even really, he doesn't do that much until the end when Ben, all he does is he is a catalyst for Ben to be able to get that gun. Yeah, so exactly. Which... So, um, yeah, I mean, there's so much, there's so much more with the Ben story as well, too. I mean, not so much more, but it progresses a little bit further in that. Um, well, I mean, there's there's a definitely huge moment in in Ben's story towards the end of the episode, actually, the very end of the episode. But it's it's just interesting to watch him try and play through, like. I'm trying to find the words to describe exactly how I, how I want to put this. Well, like you, you talked about it last season. And I think the beginning of this season that Ben, his plan is suddenly unraveling. Like he had everything lined up to be perfect. He thought it was that everything was going to go his way. And then the end of last season, the beacon gets turned off. The freighter shows up and suddenly he sees all of his dominoes that he had lined up, that he was ready to, to fall into place are now, he's got a he's scrambling to make a new plan so i think that's what we're seeing here is we're seeing a ben who hasn't hasn't thought three steps ahead he's he's reacting in the moment you know he's he's pushing carl's buttons he's pushing sawyer's buttons he's seeing you know where where can he uh you know where can he play out his plan and he's trying to form it because you know sawyer tries to say it he's he's already figured out how he's going to get away from us He's just going to get there. Like he knows what the end, end game is, but he's got to figure out how to get there. Yeah. It, it, it kind of almost plays out um, it, it, it kind of like a Jurassic Park scenario. In he, Ben is very much a raptor at this point, and all the people around him are the fence. And he's, he's mm-hmm. hitting the fence to find gotcha. the weak points. You know, just like in Jurassic Park, how the Raptors kept attacking the fence to find the weak points so that they could escape. That's exactly what Ben's doing at this point. He's he's testing everybody to find out who's the weak point. Who am I going to go through to get mm-hmm. out of this? Well, um, plus yeah. he's also already got all these contingencies set up. He's already got a man on the boat. Yeah, he's already got Michael there, and he and he just everything just fell apart, and he's got Michael on the boat. Oh yeah, you know. Spoilers, by the way. Sorry, had to. No, no. Spoilerful. (laughs) Yeah, spoilerful podcast. Sorry. You know, you know that had to kill him. That he had to play that card, but that was the only the only way he could convince Sawyer and he could convince Locke that he was still valuable to them 
was to go, I know all this team. We haven't even met. You guys haven't even met the other three members of this team, but I know who they are. Did it kill him, though, to play that card? Maybe not. I I don't know if it did because he was very confident when he was given that information. He wasn't Mm -hmm. reluctant at all. He was very confident when he was given that information to the point where I almost think he took that as a power trip. Like that, that wasn't like him playing a card to reluctantly get out of I, from a weak point. I think that was a strength move for Ben. Maybe, maybe, but I'll give you the, the only counterpoint I have to that argument is that at the end of the, and it's one of the things that I have in my notes because it always bugs me. It's, it's one of those pet peeves I have about TV shows and movies where a character is threatening another character with a gun for several seconds or a long time and then half, halfway through his conversation, then he chambers around. And I'm like, you're threatening with an unloaded, you've been threatening him with an unloaded gun, okay? That Beretta has a, a, a thing at the top where you can see whether there's a round in the chamber or not. And so Ben's looking at it. Ben didn't make that confession until after Locke chambered around until Ben knew that his life was really in danger because up until then Locke had no bullet in the chamber. And I think Ben knew. Well, I think, I think one of the things going back to last episode, uh, a big revelation to even to Ben, uh, as far as like whether or not people are going to pull the trigger is the fact that Jack pulled the trigger on Locke. Yeah, he did. Yep. You know, and I think <laughs> I, I, to me, I mean, at that point, I, I could have been Bernard at that point, or even any one of the other like castaways we have never, we don't even know their names. You know, I, if I was one of those people and I knew these people and I knew like everybody's been reluctant to this point and Jack, without hesitation pulled that trigger at that point you're thinking like okay shit's really hit the fan at this point (laughs) anybody is fair game so i mean i think ben having witnessed that and then seeing him pull back the hammer of the beretta yeah like he's i I would shit my pants at that point yeah (laughs) you know like along with along with how you know how jack was you know ready to kill him in this episode how quickly Kate gave up his name as the person that killed Naomi. You yeah. Know, it was like yeah. no, no hesitation whatsoever. Oh, it was John Locke. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go find him. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's because they basically want to stay in good graces with the people on the boat, you know, right. They want to stay in good graces with miles and Daniel, especially finding out that it was a code word. You know, it was a code phrase that Naomi I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah, you were right about that. There were two things I remembered, and I'll get the other one later, but that was one of the (laughs) things that I remembered about this episode is that the Tell My Sister I Love Her was a distress distress single. So Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, I mean, I guess in in that note, we can kind of – switch gears to you know we 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 just we were kind of spending a little time with team lock at this point um why don't we kind of switch to team jack um what kind of notes do you guys have on on that side of the story with with swapping in with them and the recovery of of these new characters well it's funny how the situation with john switched so quickly in this episode it was the same thing with jack jack at the end of last episode great these people are going to rescue us you know, let's go trust them. This is good. Two seconds after meeting Faraday and Faraday saying, you know, oh, I need to put this private phone call through. <laughs> Instantly, no longer trust them. Sees the gun. His faith in these people is already gone. You know? 
Yeah, Faraday, I love, one of the things I love about Daniel Faraday, at least in this episode, and I can't remember going forward if he's always like this, notice he never lies. He doesn't lie about anything. He can't. He, he, he's, he's telling the truth about everything, and as soon as they're like, well, why did you bring the gun? He's like, uh, uh, for contingencies, for protection, for, and then you're like, well, what's well, the gas mask for? You know, um, I don't know, I didn't pack it, you know, and you're just, until he finally gives that reveal where he says you know recovering y- you people is not our prime objective yeah and suddenly jack and kate know that okay Locke was ben and Locke were correct you know? well i mean well F- and faraday's a total head case i mean he is you're right i mean he is so out of his element i mean he's somebody that you know when we see at the beginning of the episode two didn't even want to jump out of the chopper because that's something he hasn't done before You know, he's never jumped out of any kind of aircraft or anything like that. The parachute, this is total new territory for him. He's completely out of his element, both on the boat and now on the island. Although I think there are definitely moments with Daniel on the island where he's starting to find a little bit of a comfort. I mean, he he can sense just by being on that island, there is something to that island. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's going to come into play very soon actually as we progress the, into this fourth season so i mean we're going to start seeing more of the uh the time travel element um very light but we're we're going to start seeing it relatively soon just in, and i'm not talking like 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 in next season when half the castaways get sucked back to like the 60s um there's elements where just from the island to the boat time is out of sync Right. And, you know, we're going to explore that very soon. Oh, I totally forgot about that. You're right. I forgot that they, yeah, okay, now I'm, I'm tracking. You're the right. package mm-hmm. as the boat sends to the island. Yeah. The boat gets the, the, if I remember correctly, the boat gets the signal that the, the package has been received. And it's not till I think maybe like minutes to an hour or two later, it actually appears on the island. Yeah. So. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's good. Yeah. Um, what else? Where? What else? I'm trying to see Miles the Ghostbuster. What is that about? Uh, um, the the one thing I I had in my notes that I thought was interesting, and I I can't. Re- I'm pretty sure I'm correct. We don't ever see from Miles's perspective. I don't what, think so. Of what he's no. seeing or what he's talking to, we just we just see everyone else seeing him. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is he a ghostbuster or is he a ghost whisperer? I think, yeah, probably more yeah. ghost whisperer. Yeah. He's, he's, he's less of a Bill Murray and more of a Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay. Because he doesn't care what happens with the ghosts after he leaves. I mean, he tells them to go, but if they stay, he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> that was the thing that, that, that the third time I watched this, that I went, wait a minute. He just walks out. He, he tells the kid, okay, you can leave now. And then he goes downstairs and he tells the grandmother, yeah, he's gone. Uh, but he doesn't know. He just walks out of the room. He doesn't know <laughs> if the kid actually left or not. Yeah. So, you know, he gives her back the money because he's got the other bankroll and uh, and he just walks out. But uh, yeah. There, I, there was an interesting theory that I saw online when I was reaching, when I was, um, yeah, reaching, um, when I was researching a lot of this. And apparently, I, I, I think it is a reach. And I think that's why that word was in my head is mm-hmm. that... Um, 
the 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 child who was murdered um is is either the same actor or in some way is related to echo mm. um because of the pictures on the wall in the house if you look at some of the pictures he looks very very similar to how echo looked when he was younger hmm. so I, I think it's i think it is a reach in this instance because there's never any connection made to Echo and yeah, Echo was in Africa and <laughs> and it's two different time periods. I mean, yeah. you know, you're talking a good like ten to fifteen years earlier at that point with that actor. So I mean, maybe they just use that actor to take some photos to fill in background scenes or something while they had him. Um, but yeah, I think I think that definitely was a reach. Um, I do find it funny, though. Uh, I don't know if anybody has seen this movie or not, but I found Damn it. you, Ben. Damn you, damn you, that's <laughs> okay. hell. You do it. You do it, then. You do okay. it. Okay, because my theory is Carlton Hughes got drunk one night and was watching The Frighteners <laughs> yes. and decided to steal yes. the whole damn movie. Yes. Okay, good. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only <laughs> I love that movie. Me and my wife watched that so much when it came out. It was ridiculous. The machine that Miles pulls out in order to talk hawk or whisper to ghosts is very similar to the same one michael j fox uses in the frighteners okay i i was trying to I, it's been a while since i saw that movie so uh so oh it, it, it definitely could have been a, a, a homage or whatever oh i couldn't take that from you des i mean i even I wrote do this it. down the frighteners <laughs> was in 1996 or not yeah, 1996. This episode was 2008. You know, he'd seen it a million times. <laughs> he just stole it. <laughs> yeah, he he took he he took a little inspiration from Peter Jackson and and took that. So, I like it. Uh, I just love that. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad somebody else picked up on that too. And I, I just love the fact that that he when he says "take me to her body." And Kate is like, well, it's not going to do you any good. And, and he doesn't explain to her. He doesn't say, I can talk to dead people. He just tells her, oh, no, I'll know. You know? Yeah. And so they take him to the body. And then he, we see him kind of just hovering over the body for a few minutes. Well, it's, it's very interesting at that point, too. You know, going back to your point about whether or not the ghost of the kid was released or not after Miles talked to it. There's a later point where Daniel Faraday is bringing Charlotte's body to or Naomi's body to the chopper. And and Miles is the one that says it's mm -hmm. just meat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so like, is it, was it the same? I, I, he very obviously talked to Naomi because he got the story from Naomi as to whether or not Kate and Jack were telling the truth. Mm -hmm. But if that's the case, then maybe she's moved on at this point and Miles knows it. I think so. That's, that's what I took from it. That's why I was kind of wondering about the parascience about that, because does the body actually have to be where he is to talk to them? Well, obviously not, because he goes to that house and the body's not there, you know. So why would he really have to go to Naomi's body? <laughs> Maybe because of the initial, because it was a, you know, her, he had to know where she might be. And so like with the, with the grandmother, he knew that the ghost was in the house. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't know where Naomi's ghost is. And Naomi doesn't, she might know to come looking for him, but she's not going to know where he is. True. So, so she's probably just hanging out by her body, waiting for miles to show up. That's that. I mean, that's kind of what I took uh, from it was that uh, because I thought about that same thing that, well, he doesn't have to see the body, does he? But I was like, well, how would they reconnect? So, yeah. Because I think in his flashbacks, I mean, he sees a few different people and I think that they're where they actually died is what the connection was. Oh, that could but, be. But, um, I don't know. 
Yeah, uh, I, I know this is kind of a, a leap uh, away from Miles, um, but since we're talking about Naomi a little bit too, I want to bring up the fact that we, uh, once again, we see Matthew Abaddon, uh, you know, who we saw last episode. I love Lance Riddick. He's so good. And, um, you know, I think it's pretty clear at this point, he does not work for Oceanic Airlines. You know, we find out he is the one that gives Naomi her orders to go to the island. So I, I think I think as viewers we know it. We don't know at this point. As view, people who have seen the series completely mm-hmm. through, I think we already know that he works for. Um, oh man, Whitmore. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. My, my mind went blank for a second. I was going to say uh, Wilford from from Snowpiercer, <laughs> but <laughs> Whitmore. Yeah, uh, Charles Whitmore, and not Oceanic Airlines. Mm-hmm. But this is our first sense of it yeah. uh, as a first time viewer that he is not who he says he is. Well, and, and I think there's there's something in that scene as well that it, it tells us the um, how important Naomi must have been because she knew or she at least had an inkling that that plane that was found at the beginning of the episode was not the real Oceanic 815 because she keeps saying, what if we find survivors? And he says, there are no survivors. She goes, I know, but what if we find survivors? Yeah, right. You know, yeah, right. Like, like, I know that that plane was fake you know so yeah so she obviously knows more about this mission than miles and Mm -hmm. daniel and charlotte and uh lapidus absolutely yeah so i mean although you know it's it's weird because you look at you obviously you know there's some importance to lapidus because he does get a flashback of his own in uh, or he does get an introduction of his own, as does Miles, Charlotte, and and Faraday. But he he's he's nothing more than a pilot yet at this point. But the most important thing about that is is that he was the one initially who was supposed to be flying that plane. I loved because this was the second thing that I remembered. I remembered this phone call that he makes about the about the wedding ring. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't remember that he was supposed to be the captain or be the pilot of the plane, but I did remember that he calls about that wedding ring. And he's like, no, Seth Norris always wears his wedding ring and he's not wearing his wedding ring. That's not Seth Norris. So I, I really like and, and I, I have to we have to give give Kristen a little shout out here. Richard Frank Lapidus. Let's uh, let's get it right. <laughs> Richard, that's right, Richard. Um, so. <laughs> I will tell you though, the whole ring thing bothers the heck out of me because I'm thinking, unless Lapidus is like a huge conspiracy nut, he focused on that finger, on that decaying corpse, on that little TV set. I'm like, well, I would not know if somebody had a ring think on. About, <laughs> think about it though. This is a moment that changed his that changed his life. He was supposed right. to be the pilot of that plane, and that plane disappeared and so it it apparently it completely changed his life because he went from being i'm a, i'm just assuming i'm making your this could be incorrect i'm assuming he was a full-blooded pilot with oceanic and right. then whatever kind of breakdown he had after that whatever survivor's guilt or whatever yeah. it was he's now in the bahamas you know doing something maybe flying charter planes or or whatever but and Naomi never, calls him a drunk, so... Yeah, and he's an alcoholic, and so, you know, so uh, there's definitely more there going on with, with Frank. That, and I, I just love that actor, Jeff Fahey. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's just one of those things I really 
just enjoyed him and i like him in this whole series if i remember correctly oh yeah he's in it till the end um because he is indeed one of the people who uh he is not one of the oceanic six but when they reassemble everybody to go back to the island he is flying that plane yeah oh yeah. that's right that's right and i love i love when uh, when miles or which one is it miles or jack i think it's miles says where did it crash and he goes, what kind of pilot do you think I am? I <laughs> yeah. landed it. I landed it right over there. Yep. You know? I put her, I put her I down, put down safely right over that hill. Yeah, I thought that was great. And I, it crash? I know it's jumping forward a little bit too. It's, it's not, we're jumping, I'm jumping all the way back to like, I think it's next season. Um, when I mentioned, you know, Frank being on that plane that gets them all back to the island. There's that mm-hmm, one right. part that sticks in my head in when Jack is on that plane and the pilot comes out and it's Lapidus and the moment he sees Jack and then just glances at all the seats on the plane and sees Hurley. <laughs> yeah. A, he knows exactly and, what's happening. And he says to Jack, he's like, we're not going to wherever <laughs> are we? Like he knows right yeah. then and there we're we're going, we're going back. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot he was basically hijacked. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I love and, and, and you just you just sparked a memory that I know again it's it's jumping forward, but I love the fact that Hurley buys all the he other, buys all the seats. all the, the seats yep. he can um, because he doesn't want anybody else to have to suffer what they went through. So yep, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I mean, and what's very interesting too, uh, Steve, you and I talked a little bit about this before we started recording. This was something I really liked about Lapidus, um, more the actor Jeff Fahey than Lapidus, is that the producers wrote the role of Frank Lapidus with Jeff Fahey in mind. Um, and they he was basically ready to retire at that point. He was in Afghanistan building homes. Um and they called him and said, well, we wrote, um, we wrote this role for you. And that brought him out of retirement. And he's been steady acting since Lost as well. So he, it brought him out of retirement and he's still steadily working. So I, I thought that was really cool that um, a little note about the actor. Um, that does that, but you're right. I mean, there, there obviously has to be knowing what we find out this episode that he was the one that was supposed to pilot that plane. Mm-hmm. You're right. There has to be, he has had to have been struck with some kind of survivor's guilt uh, this whole time, especially with to him as there was the rest of the world with the exception of the people who were in the know that this plane had mysteriously disappeared. Well, and just the fact that he had studied the manifest so, so closely that he was absolutely sure Right. When Juliet told her, told him her name, uh, and he's like, "There was no you're you weren't on the plane," you know, and he's like, "Miles, this she wasn't on the plane," and so suddenly we get the reveal of what they're really there for. Yeah, he's kind of a conspiracy theorist who was actually right. Mm-hmm. You know, there was something more to this crash or the disappearance of this plane, and he probably, believe it or not, probably knows more about that plane and its passengers than anybody else on this team. Yeah, you know, and that's why he is as important as he is. And we're going to find out as we progress forward, he is more than just a pilot. He's very important to this entire to this entire thing. Well, and he's not just just to talk a little bit more about the character. The fact that I don't know that much about flying, but isn't flying a helicopter and flying an airplane? They're like different. Oh, they're like yeah. It's (laughs) It's not like it's not like it's not like driving a car and driving a bus. 
it's, it's a, it, they're totally different instruments. They're totally different. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a collective and, the, and a stick instead of, instead of a, a, a wheel. And yeah, so it's, that's, that in itself shows us that he's got something going on. He's got skill. Yeah. That, you mm -hmm. know, that's, that's the, really the only way we can put it is, is he's got skill. Um, so we've talked about Miles. We've talked about um, Lapidus. Um, let's dive into Charlotte's backstory a little bit. When, when we're first introduced to her, she is uh, in Tunisia and finding uh, bones of what turns <laughs> out to be a polar bear in Tunisia. Mystery of the second polar bear is is solved yeah. or kind of solved for us. <laughs> and and what's so funny too is like as a first time viewer, you f like you start to think like, okay, how did a polar bear end up in Tunisia, and how does it have a Dharma logo collar on it? Um, you know, it's and it's it's the Hydra, mm -hmm. which is where we were on the second island back last season. Um, we're going to find out this season how exactly that polar bear probably ended up in Tunisia because there are two characters on the island who are going to end up in Tunisia. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. That I was wondering about, I kept thinking <laughs> how do they keep ending up in the debt? I was thinking how the polar bear in the desert, because the island, when it moves, it doesn't land on the land. I wasn't even thinking about how Ben ended up in the desert, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Now I don't know how they got a polar bear down to that wheel, or, I know. or you yeah, know, or, or, or if it fell down in a hole that was next to the wheel. I don't know, but uh, uh, but yeah, it definitely does show us that, that that was the question we had in the first season. You know, the the films show two polar bears, and we only have one. Yeah. So. I I don't necessarily think it's it's a fact of like okay, let's train this polar bear to turn this wheel. Um, I, it's a donkey think, wheel, not yeah, a bear wheel. I, I think they had other. I think they had other means to tap into this, mm. whatever this power is that I know, obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves, but whatever this power, this wheel holds that transports you from the Island to the mainland into the desert in Tunisia. Um, they had other ways to tap into this power. And I think the polar bear was nothing more than like an experimental animal, could, could a test been. subject. Um, you know, the same way they sent monkeys in the space. This was a way they sent polar could bears have, to the oh, desert. Yeah. You know, and I, w I was actually, it just dawned on me. I don't know if this would even be possible when they have the incident and everything goes to hell on the island back to, you know, maybe that had something oh, to do with it. That's a could good point. That could have been when, because that actually is when they turn that wheel the first time, that is when the jumping happened. That's when the jumping starts. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think it's not until they turn the wheel the second time that it stops. Right. So you're right. I mean, between all the time jumps that they were making, it's very possible that this polar bear could have just been collateral Cotton. damage. Yes. Yeah. Thrown out. Very, very possible. <laughs> and, um, and caught in these time jumps. I, I love going back to Charlotte. One of the things that I noticed this, like I said, again, on this third watch was I realized that she is sticking to the cover story. Like as much as she can, she's sticking, at least in this episode. Yeah. I don't know if she changes her tune in the next. I don't remember. But she's definitely sticking. Well, we're here to rescue you. And, and we need to wait here for the boat. And Ben's like, well, you don't understand. We don't want to. This group doesn't want to leave the island. And you suddenly see her face change. And she realizes, crap, I'm in with, I'm not with the people <laughs> that I want to be with. You know? Well, yeah. And then. I wanted the so, Jets and I wanted the Jets and I got the Sharks. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, towards the end of the episode, you see a little click in Charlotte to where you get the real Charlotte. She she becomes sarcastic. She becomes snarky once she realizes they know. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, and after she gets shot, she's just kind of right. like, you know. She's like, I'm done being little nice girl. You exactly, know? <laughs> exactly. Inch higher, two inches higher, and she would not have been there. But so, well, I mean, isn't, isn't it revealed? I think it's revealed a little bit later on, too, that she wasn't. I think Charlotte was on that island. Oh, yeah. She knew yeah, Faraday. I, I think so. Yeah. I that's think right. Yeah. Adult Faraday, she knew. Yeah. And that's one thing that bothers me with Charlotte, because we do have her little bit of backstory on the island as a child. But from childhood to adulthood, we don't really learn anything because she, I don't think she has any real flashbacks episodes because I know I, that they, yeah, they had written, they'd written it. They had written her backstory and everything, and then they decided to do the shorter season. So hers was the first thing that got pitched. Yeah. Right. And, and I right. think, you know, and I think knowing we don't, as a first time viewer, you don't net, you don't yet know that Charlotte has spent time on this Island already as a child. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Spoilers. You, but exactly but knowing <laughs> that going forward it explains a lot as to why she knew to look for that dharma lo- dharma collar she knew right. to look for that collar and she knew the logo the moment she saw it yeah because yeah. she's already familiar with it it's from her past you know which but it her- seems to me like she's she was much more involved i think than daniel or miles were with it and because she was confident that the plane didn't go down or, you know, because the, the woman says how many languages you have to read this to believe it's true. She's like, well, it's not true. Basically, right, you know, right. she knows the plane isn't there. She knows it's at the Island. Well, I mean, it makes me, it makes me wonder is that just maybe, and maybe it's something that was lost in the cutting of her flashback and, and right. such is maybe, you know, it was, it was something that was written that we never got because of the shortened season that mm-hmm. she does in fact know that all of these people were not supposed to be there when she met them when she was a child. She, maybe there was something that was revealed that she knew they didn't belong there, and that's how she knows that this plane didn't go down. You know? Oh, okay, now I'm tracking. Because I, I, I don't remember a lot of these last seasons, and so now I'm, I'm remembering what you're talking about. So that makes sense as to why she would know that there were survivors and that they were, yeah, okay. Because I think I think Des, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's she meets Farad. She meets adult Faraday when she's right. a child. Right, right. And it's it's yeah. about the time of the incident. They're like all fleeing the island basically, and he stops her. And well, I think he talks to her one time before that, but he's like telling her never to come back to the island again, no matter what, because he realizes okay. who she is. Yeah, that's right. And and she does. In fact, I think she does die on the island. I think so. I think. Yep. Yeah, she gets killed. I think. She's one of the casualties of the time jumps. Right. Oh, she's, she gets the worst of it. Yeah. Than anybody because she yeah. grew up on the island because she she had already been to the island. before. That's, that's right. Yeah. She yep. starts getting affected by the. T- yeah. I know. Now I'm remembering. Right. That's right. She's affected more by it because she had been there before. So, yeah, you're right. Um, and that's re- I think that's really all there is with Charlotte. I mean. She gets she she gets caught up with the wrong crowd on the island, um, you know, and and she discovers the Dharma logo in Tunisia. I mean, there's really not a lot. Not in this episode. No. Not in this episode. Exactly. Um, I mean, in Faraday, we really we we don't learn too much about him. We um we know that he feels some kind of effect, um, some kind of emotion to finding out that the plane had been discovered. He doesn't understand it, mm-hmm. um, but he's he's going to learn it 
a little while. I don't even remember exactly what it is. Um, Do we know who that woman was with him at the beginning of the episode? Who's asking him why he's crying? Because it's not his mother. I, I don't. I'm know. wondering. I don't, I don't remember. Know. Yeah. I, don't I was wondering if it was if he if he. I was wondering if he had a nurse. That's right. It's not his mother. I just remembered who his mother was. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's not his mother. That's Her mother sure. is rather. Yeah. 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 Um, interesting. God, the connections on this show, man. It's, it's one of the reasons why yeah. I love diving into it is because, yeah, like I just remembered, we've already met his mother. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. We just don't know it yet. Yep. Exactly. It's Juliet. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> That'd be weird. And Spoilers. No, Sawyer is, is, his, is his dad. <laughs> no, it's not Julie. Now the beard makes sense. <laughs> yeah, we oh, uh, we yeah. we have met his mother in in uh, in quick uh, passing already yes. at this point. But she becomes, couple times I think right. Yep. Twice. And, I, and she becomes a more prevalent character I think going into next season. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. Any other notes from you guys? Because we we covered I, a lot. I have I have one that's pretty quick that I thought was interesting the first time going through this is everyone, even Ben, is still referring to Alex as his daughter, and mm-hmm. uh, Rousseau is right there. The whole we see her that she's still with that group, and they're still calling alex ben's daughter even though i'm assuming they know at this point that she's not really his daughter okay he raised her so there's a a familial connection there but there's not a biological one and so it's it's it just kind of bothered me that rousseau that we don't get any indication from rousseau of her correcting people or or alex going to rousseau you know, maybe it's just because she doesn't know Rousseau. She, I mean, she's literally just found out that this angry jungle woman is her mother. <laughs> so, um, well, I mean, yeah, because we do see her actually distraught when John is about to kill Ben. Yeah. You know, yeah. so he, she knows how evil her father is, or she knows how evil Ben is, but mm-hmm. she still considers him her dad. I mean, she grew up with him. Yeah. He raised her. You know, so it's 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 such an interesting dynamic. I mean, and I always find it funny. Like every time, I don't I don't know if it happens again, but any time Rousseau punched him for you know saying that <laughs> I was his daughter, love that, I love yeah. That. I, it, uh, and it's I it's always fun. I had two other real quick ones sure. that are just character moments that I really thought was interesting. Uh, when did Saeed become a, a helicopter mechanic? <laughs> and well, um, I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, Saeed is guess, the professor. He can do anything. Okay. Okay. You're right. Give him, give, coconut give him some coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But he's like feeling the stick and he's like looking at the cockpit. He goes, yeah, it'll fly. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then I love the fact that we see Juliet is still being the doctor. She's still, she, she got a first aid kit from somewhere and she's trying to treat Lapidus's wounds. And so I, I just thought that was, that was really touching to see that she's still uh, going to fulfill that role. Um, and then I mentioned this to Ben before we started, but uh, is, it, is, it, is it irony or is it ironic that uh, the one person who was supposed to keep the team alive is the one that got killed first? First one. <laughs> you know? Um. Yeah, that's, it's pretty ironic. Don't you think? Um, yeah, I had that in my notes, don't you think? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what about you, Des? Any, uh, any final notes? Okay, this is next to nothing. But did anybody notice the name of the ship that was doing the search at the beginning of the episode? No. No. I, the Christiane. Really? Oh. Yeah. 
I yeah, I did. When they're doing the newscast, they mention the name. I'm, I'm thinking, well, that's pretty close to Christian. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. And um, when they mention that Minkowski can't come to the phone right now, well, the reason he can't come to the phone right now is he's a raving lunatic and he's in a cell because of the time it's already messing with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. But I, I now that you mentioned that, that's what I, I was trying to think why he couldn't come to the phone. And I couldn't remember. So that's right. Because the, when we actually do discover who the man on the boat really is, it actually kind of is a flashback. Yeah. Be- By the way, Harold, Harold Perrineau still name in the credits and we're not seeing him. Well, and I think the, the unfortunate part of that too, was that actually is what led a lot of people to believe that Michael was indeed the man on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would have done the producers a lot of good had they actually not listed him in the credits. Um, but I think that's more of like a con- contractual. Oh, I'm thing. sure. And, and right. Back, and back then they weren't doing that as much with, I mean, with, with credits and stuff, you didn't see credits change. Yeah. I mean, nowadays you have like IMDB won't even list people as in part of an episode until the episode is aired. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and they won't keep people's names out of credits until, um, so I th- I'm pretty sure that was probably more contractual that they had to have his name in the credits because he was signed to the show yeah. at that point. So, um, yeah, cause we don't see him again. Um, wow. For a while. Episode eight, meet Kevin Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Is the next time we see Michael. And that is the flashback to the, to the man on the boat. It's the last time we see Walt and it is as we, talk to him about it is the last time we see mc gainey oh wow well. um because he is the one that recruits michael to be the man on the boat okay have you ever watched it, it it was on one of the dvd sets but it was like the first three seasons in eight minutes no. i remember they did that yeah i i don't have the dvds anymore um, <laughs> my favorite line though is when they're talking about jack on with the others it's like jack's playing football with the others Mr. Friendly throws like a girl. <laughs> Every time I, it hits that, I just start cracking up. Um, yeah, so I think the only other note I, I had. Oh, um, I had. Go ahead. No, go ahead. That's fine. I had one more, and I, I, I just saw it in my notes. Uh, poor Vincent. How, did, how was Locke able to convince Hurley to let him use Vincent as the, the, the decoy? for the? Because Hurley had a hold of that leash. And he had been entrusted with Vincent and I, I just, I, I would have loved to have seen, maybe it's a deleted scene of, of how Locke convinced him that no, we need to go ahead and tie this to Vincent's collar and let him go. I just find it funny that out of, out of team Locke and team Jack, Vincent is the first one to change sides. <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's, it's true. Yeah. Well, um, it's also funny because um. This one actually had a fake Vincent at the beginning of the episode where you, because you know, so many times they have the bushes rustling and your people are afraid and then it's Vincent. Well, this mm-hmm. time it was Jack and Kate, but then yeah. we got Vincent later. <laughs> yeah. Vincent later. You're right. That's nice. Um, yeah. The, the only other note I had about it too is actually going back to the beginning of the episode to the, um, to the, to the underwater vessels that actually discover the plane. Um, you know, it seems like this is a team that was told, uh, that got some information on where to look for it and made the discovery right. on their own. So I don't think whoever this team is, um, I don't think they are 
uh, Charles Whitmore, I think they were tipped on by Charles Whitmore because Whitmore, we do find out is the one that put the plane down there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah. I, I thought I, I got the impression they were there looking for, you know, looking for sunken, sunken vessels. They were, but they uh, were given a hint that it might be there. Yeah. They're not the plane, but they were given a hint that something, they were that given they, a hint that right. there's something in this location. Right. Okay. Um, you know, so yeah, Whitmore and his team puts the plane down there. They tip this team off that there's something there so that the plane can be quote unquote discovered. Right. Okay. Um, that makes sense. And then that's when it hits the news. Um, so yeah, so whoever this team is, I think they're inconsequential. I think they were just tipped off to where something was and so that they could discover the plane. Yeah. Just a means to an end. Yep. Pretty much. Um, they were the Carl of the story. <laughs> uh yeah but next episode uh we're gonna be talking about is uh season four episode three the economist which is a c which is a saeed um a a saeed flashback so and actually i think actually no i don't think they're flashbacks at this point i think it's flash forward to saeed off the island right this is when we're going to discover that saeed is the next of the oceanic six Right. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're correct, and I. I don't remember that. This is when we see him as the assassin, or is that? Uh, is that when we see him kill all the guys on the golf course? Um, or is that later? That's later, but you kind of know that's kind of the job he's doing at this point. Right. Okay. Okay. But it's not like the golf course. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the the listings. Because I had a theory in my head because I couldn't remember if all the flash forwards we get are people that are part of the Oceanic Six this entire season, but they're not. Um, season three is Saeed. Season four is Kate, who was. Um, season five is Desmond, who does actually get off the island, but is not one of the Oceanic Six. Uh, but then season six is Juliet. So uh, Episodes. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, episode, <laughs> episode six. I knew is, what you meant. Is Juliet. So that might be a flashback or... Uh, well, kind of has to be. Yeah, because you can't give her a flash forward because yeah. she's not on. She's not off the island. So, uh, if hopefully Kristen is back by that point, but if not, um, I might be reaching out to you, gentlemen, again. Uh, no problem to, to join me. Again. Be my pleasure. Um, but uh, since <laughs> you two were the ones that left me feedback this week, we don't have to do that. Uh, we don't. We don't have to talk about the feedback. It would be interesting to play it, but I don't have it. I don't. I have think it I pretty out. much said everything. So. Exactly. I think I pretty much said everything that was in my feedback. So yeah. But um, as always, we encourage you to leave us feedback, whether it's for this episode or future episodes. And there are multiple ways you can do that. Uh, first, we're on Facebook at facebook.com/lostrevisited. Uh, on Twitter at Lost Revisit Pod, Instagram at Lost Revisited Pod. Uh, and you can send us an email at Lost Revisited Pod at gmail.com uh, or leave us a voicemail as Steve and Des often do and email it to us at the, at the email. Um, so since there's no feedback to talk about, let's, uh, let's spend a few minutes as Kristen and I usually do um, on any recommendations you guys might have on things listeners can check out things you guys have been watching yourself during the uh the quarantine and and enjoying yourself uh anything out there you guys want to recommend go ahead steve uh <laughs> oh i i would definitely recommend cobra kai if whether you're a karate kid fan or not cobra kai is it's got some very fun 
moments. Both the, the first two seasons are available on Netflix now, and uh, obviously all the podcasts that uh, that we have recommendations for. But man, uh, so uh, many now. It is. It is. But I would, uh, if I'll, yeah. The the two things I would say is is Cobra Kai. If you want uh, something that's that's got some fun, it's it's got some dark, heavy moments in it as well. But uh, if you're looking for something that's a little bit lighter. Uh, Cobra Kai and then uh, if you're looking for something that's a little bit darker check out Lovecraft Country oh, you don't want to you don't want to uh, pitch your own podcast okay I'll get it <laughs> I mean I can I, no absolutely I, I'd, I'd love it. for everyone to listen to Mark and I on panels yeah. to pixels which is right here on the next level podcast network and of course check out house house podcastica on the podcastica network they're they just finished up their coverage of Cobra Kai yeah and you guys I think on uh, panels to pixels are Pickles. Uh, Paddles of Pickles <laughs> mm, would be pickles. an amazing <laughs> podcast. Be an interesting podcast. Uh, um, we, are cover- we, are, we are currently making our way through season two of the Umbrella Academy. We just recorded episode eight. I think Mark may have dropped that one this week. Um, I think. Uh, and we're going to record for episode nine in a day or so. Uh, yeah, I know um, you mentioned all the different podcasts, you know, to, to pitch. I mean, both on Next Level and Podcastica. But um, I, I do want to make mention about, you know, our buddy Mark, you know, who, man, splitting his his attention all different ways. You know, he does panels to pick. pick God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll help Panel, you out because he's going to get on to me if I don't do this. Uh, yeah, Panels to Pixels, which is on the Next Level Podcast Network. And Mark has started his own podcast network called Trader. Pirate Core Entertainment. And that's Pirate Core, Core is spelled C-O-R-P-S, like the Marine Corps. So it's Pirate Core Entertainment. So check out the podcast on there. I think they have one podcast right now called Run For Your Lives with friends of ours, Daphne and Pate, covering uh, disaster movies. And we've got some uh, other ones that are in the works. His uh, Adrenaline Cinema Cinema podcast is going to be launching relatively soon. Yes, yes. Um, which is, you know, where Daphne and Pake are doing, you know, uh, disaster movies and and such. He's going to be covering action movies, and I'm excited because he, yeah, I've he's already got me listed for like three episodes. Uh, the first of which is Die Hard, which I'm very excited. I for. I I, mess- I got to message him and find out when we're doing that because I got to get on that one. If yeah. not, I'll definitely send a voicemail for it. Uh, how about you, Des? Any uh, recommendations for people? Well, I have not been watching that much TV. I would say Umbrella Academy. If you haven't watched it, you've got to watch it. Um, for some fluff. Just total fluff. I mentioned this to you before. It's called Sing On. It's cheesy as hell. It's uh, Titus Burgess that was on Kimmy Schmidt. He's the host. It's basically um, Weakest Link combined with Rock Band. You, you have to sing perfectly how the original artist does, and but they can vote you out either because they think you're a threat or because you're not bringing enough money into the group. So it's it's really cheesy, it's, but it's fun. You know, It's fun to yeah. watch. Uh, one other show. I don't know if anybody's a Star Trek fan, but Lower Decks. Lower Decks is great. I've on been CBS. Watching. I'm loving this show. Animated Star Trek, little dirty here and there. Not too bad, but it's just hilarious. Yeah. And just, I have been watching Lower Decks. It's, it's a lot of fun. And then I, I'm really looking forward because, you know, next week we've got Walking Dead coming back. Uh, Discovery's coming back soon. A whole bunch of stuff is getting ready to come back over the next month or two. So. There yeah. goes the TV. <laughs> yeah, it's you know what? It's it's a good time because there are things that are starting to come back, even though a lot of stuff didn't get to go back into production um, or isn't going back into production until now. I know Supernatural just Supernatural just wrapped. 
They wrapped um, their they wrapped their fifteenth season. So those yep. episodes start, uh, I believe, October fourth. They start running those episodes. Yeah, um, I know they're going to be running soon. I know, uh, you know, Des, you mentioned um, Sing On, which you know you you compared to uh, the Weakest Link. I'm excited because starting on Tuesday, yep. the Weakest Link comes back. <laughs> Uh, hosted by Jane Lynch, who, in my opinion, you could not find a better host for that show. She is perfect. Yes. She is perfect for a new host of that show. So I'm definitely going to be checking out Weakest Link on Tuesday. Um, Tuesday or Thursday? I can't remember. It's, I know it's next week. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday. Uh, but also, I'm excited because Great British Bake Off is going to be coming back with new episodes uh. on Netflix. <laughs> so, How um, can you watch people bake? I, hey. <laughs> It, look, it's a it's a different change of watching Gordon Ramsay yell at people all the time. That's which true. I still watch and love, but I just remember. So, if the funny story about Great British Bake Off was, um, I actually discovered it via Carlos Valdez, who plays Cisco on The Flash. Um, okay. I was moderating a panel with Carlos Valdez and a number of other people. And I happened to ask them what they do in their free time. And Carlos Valdez had mentioned going back to his trailer uh, and, and watching Netflix. And I asked him, like, well, what, what are you watching on Netflix? He's like, oh, Great British Bake Off. And nobody on the panel had heard of it before. <laughs> it hadn't hit the popularity it has as of now. And he's like, oh, like, it's fantastic. He's like, you watch all these people bake. He's like, and then there's Great British Bake Off, like the masterclass and all this other stuff. And everybody on that panel, including me, thought he was joking. We thought he made this show up because he was raving about it. And then I remember hanging out with my friend Rob and, and he who used to co-host the DC podcast with me. And he started talking about it. And I'm like, wait, that's real? I'm like, I thought that was a fake show. He's like, no, it's very real. That's hilarious. And, and I started watching the first season. I'm like, nobody's yelling at anybody like i don't know what i think of this and i just fell in love with it it's just yeah. I, I so the normal it. british people not like the crazy <laughs> gordon <laughs> ramsay yes well ramsay you mentioned is- cisco um did you hear about supergirl getting canceled yeah i did yeah. I, and, you i'm know, still behind it's, but it's it's no surprise to be completely yeah. honest with you um i honestly don't think i honestly think that batwoman and legends might be soon to follow because mm. uh, ratings haven't been flash is the only one that's been performing um since the whole crisis on infinite earths and um you know between hartley sawyer getting fired from the flash and ruby rose leaving batwoman it's the the cw arrowverse has become like a jamble right um, it's been a little bit of a mess almost to the point where rob and i who after crisis on infinite earths wrapped and arrow ended and we wrapped up the dc podcast Rob and I were kind of feeling a little bit of remorse, like, oh, we miss it. And then all this shit started happening. And we're like, yeah, we, we ended the podcast at the right time. I'm, I'm like so- you said, with, with Hartley, I mean, Flash, you know that that was going to be a big part of the next season was, you know, mm-hmm. his storyline. They were building him up to be a huge, him and Sue, they were building him up. And I know we're off the topic of loss, but um, <laughs> we, we've finished that discussion. Um, I mean, I mean, th- the one positive thing I can say is that like, because he is, he does play elongated man. Mm-hmm. You can very easily recast somebody in that role and explain it. Um, right. You know, because he stretches, he's elastic. He can change his look. You could just yeah. say he changed his look. I mean, and that's what he did. Um, or something happened to him and now he's stuck with this face. Like, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous. Ruby Rose is a little harder to explain. Um, 
because they're they're putting a new character under that Batwoman cowl and they right. never even really finished the story that Ruby Rose was telling. Mm. Um, so how do you suddenly explain her random disappearance? Yeah. Um, so I, I honestly, Rob and I were talking about this before when it came to all those CW shows. I loved them. But after Crisis on Infinite Earths, when they made all, all those shows on one Earth and the multiverse disappeared, they should have combined all the shows down to one. And yeah. called, it, called it World's Finest. This way, you're, you're not, you have to sit through one hour of television with these heroes instead of six. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you free up the shooting schedules of all these actors so that they can now pursue other projects, as well as freeing up time slots in CW so CW can produce more shows. Um, they should have done it. They didn't do it. I'm still going to check out Superman and Lois because I love Superman. I was going to mention that, yeah. Maybe I, they can bring them in occasionally, like a hero here or there. I think they will. Um, yeah. I, I think they'd be stupid to not bring um, Cryer over as Lex. Mm. Yeah. Because he's a phenomenal Lex Luthor. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, so, I mean, Weakest Link, I'm definitely recommending. I back your Cobra Kai. I back, I back Umbrella Academy. Did you, um, did you watch I Can Hear Your, uh, See Your Voice? what is that even about (laughs) it's it's fun i watched it last night or this morning i guess and uh it's it's basically let me see if i can explain without spoiling anything uh it's basically they have a contestant and then they have six performers um and at least five of them lip syncing well they're all they're all lip syncing but they're all lip syncing one song and then the contestant has to has to figure out who is the actually a good singer and who is a bad singer and they have to choose. And if they choose correctly, they win $10,000 each round. If they choose incorrectly, like they say, this person, I think this person is the good singer or the bad, they have to choose the bad, the bad singer. Cause what they want to do, they want to have the last one standing be a good singer. So the way I understand it, there has to be at least one good and one bad. There can't be all bad or all good. You know what I'm saying? Like there's got to be, so there's, there's at least they have to, they have to narrow it down until they get to, to the last, the last singer and they have to decide if that singer is good or bad. And then uh, if they, if they choose correctly, they win a hundred thousand dollars. Interesting. Yeah. I Jeez. know. I, I know the mass singer returned this week. Um, I haven't watched it yet because I had it spoiled for me. Um, so I do plan to watch it. I just don't feel the immediate need now, now that I know who was already eliminated from mm-hmm. the show. Um, I do have to say, though, since we're talking about, like, I can see your voice and the mass Singer, um, I, I know he's not listening to this podcast, because why would he? <laughs> um, but just in case, um, a huge congratulations to Brandon Leake for winning America's Got Talent this week. Oh, yeah. Um, I predicted him winning the moment he auditioned. Um, it's the second time I've done that. Um, I predicted Shin Lim winning. The moment he appeared, and I predicted Brandon Link winning. The moment nice. he he did his spoken word poetry in his audition, and he got that golden buzzer from Howie. I'm like, he's winning. Like, there's no doubt in my mind, he's winning this entire thing, and he did. So, um, I got a little worried because the top two was him and a country duo who shouldn't not have even been in the top ten. <laughs> Um, let alone the top five or the top two. But the moment he was up against them in the top two, I'm like, oh, he's got it. Like, there's no way in hell this country. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, Very cool. So, yeah. Uh, any final notes from either of you before we, uh, we wrap this uh, 
we bring this ship in. Just I'm excited for the rest of the season because, like we've talked about, I these last three seasons are I've watched the least. Oh, you know, uh, repetitively. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember the least of the, I remembered a lot of the first three seasons, but these last three, I, I don't remember a lot. So I'm uh, excited to, uh, to watch them. I'm just the opposite because I'm just a, a sucker for time travel. Mm-hmm. So when they start doing all the flashes and stuff, that's my bread and butter. I love it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I mentioned this last episode and in, in that I, I don't recollect seasons four five and six nearly as much as i do one two and three um and it's not because i've seen them the least amount of times like i haven't watched seasons one two and three more than i've watched four five and six if i've i've watched them all equally because anytime i start from episode one i finish i go Mm -hmm. all the way through i think it's more there's so much more content and it's so there's so much more if you look at it like a spider web there's so many more strings that make up seasons four, five, and six than mm-hmm. do one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. So I think it's easier to remember things that happen one, two, and three because there's so much that happens in four, five, and six that it's hard to remember at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that that's kind of where I, I'm, I'm also looking forward to going further into four, five, and six because even I don't remember all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I actually just learned recently too in, in my research that where I thought we don't see the temple until season six. Uh, no, we see it this season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes up this season. And I'm like, when I read that, I'm like, really? I don't remember the temple in season four, but apparently um, I was wrong. So uh, cool. So uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining me this week uh, and filling in for Kristen. As Thanks for having us. Thank I know, you. Yes. I know she is appreciative of it as well. Um, and to all the listeners out there, again, um, you know, we're sending her love and hopefully she's going to be back with us very, very soon. Uh, but I think with that being said, next episode, uh, The Economist, Saeed, Flash, uh, Flash Forward, Season 4, Episode 3. But until next time, uh, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Say care. <laughs> Talk to you later. Goodbye. See you later. (laughs) We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!